a blessed morning to you out there. Welcome once again to another session of our live broadcast. This is the Potter's Gate online broadcast. We're broadcasting from Frenjuk, Western Cape, South Africa. My name is Isaiah Phillips Akintola. I want to specially welcome you once again to another beautiful, glorious day. This is the day heaven once again has granted us the grace and the opportunity to see, to be alive, and of course to advance his purpose. This is where we share the heart, the mind of God. This is where we get to know what the Spirit of God is saying to us regarding his intention for this glorious day. We are in an interesting season. The counsels of God are unfolding in our day and in our time. And we have been invited once again to sit at the feet of the Master to get to know his heart, his mind, and of course to respond to his desire and his intention. Once again this morning, as we join our hearts and connect with each other in spirit, I want to believe that the Spirit of God once again will grant us entrance into his heart, into his mind. Our desire is to continually seek the mind of Christ so we can continually change and live in accordance to his divine pattern. Our heart and our, our desire, amen, is to walk in the reality of his intention and to make sure that amen, we live in such a way that we can express his, his will on earth. Our desire is to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth even as it is established in heaven. So once again, I want to welcome you to this prophetic hub, to this apostolic engagement. This is the Portis uh, a hub. This is where we believe God, amen, to lead us further. Welcome once again, everyone joining us. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Derek. And I see somebody else joining, but I can see your face. All right, so thank you. <clears throat> once again, this morning, we are, we're going to pray. Of course, we're going to believe the Lord to lead us uh, further into his, his, his mind. You know, several things the Spirit of God has been really sharing and opening our eyes to see we are in a new day, we are in a new season, and we are beginning to understand, amen, the nature and the reality of this brand new day. What is God doing? What is he up to? What is the Spirit of God, amen, saying and speaking? Where is he leading us to? What are the, what are the impressions of his heart for this brand new day? All right, these are the things that we've been talking about. We've been dealing with about five, you know, uh, streams, if you will, about five, you know, uh, realities of, of, of God's heart, of God's mind for this season in time. And I believe that all of the things that the Lord is saying to us, amen, are, are, are becoming, you know, uh, um, you know, a voice in terms of how we live life, how we adjust our life. Yesterday afternoon, I had the opportunity once again to listen to the message. Or we, we, we you know, we, we proclaim, we brought yesterday morning. What a, what a word. What a message. What a timely message. And I want to believe, like I said yesterday, that the message, the, 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 the message that we are, you know, bringing in this season are, you know, the things that we need to look into in order to be able to move further, all right? We, we cannot advance further in whatever we call it. We can call it apostolic. We can call it prophetic. Whatever we name, title, all right, uh, uh, emphasis, we want to accord to those, you know, believe move of God. If these things that we are, we are dealing with are not resident and not return back, all right? You know, it was, it, was, it was David who said, amen, who gathered, you know, his men after he had been coronated to be, all right, you know, the king. It, the Bible says he called his, 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 his men together. He said, let, let us come together and bring back, amen, the ark of God. 
Amen. Sister Audrey, it's nice to see your face this morning. I just saw your face this morning. Wow. Blessed, blessed are you. Blessed are you among women, Sister Audrey. Nice to have you this morning. Join me this morning. All right. I, 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 I must repent, you know, openly. I, I, I've said I was going to give you a call, you know, but somehow I've not been able to do it. So please pardon me, but it's nice to just see your face there. Nice to know that you're watching and that you're listening this morning. All right. Now, I was saying that, you know, it was David who said, in fact, let me just quickly open to that scripture while, while we're on it. Uh, uh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Oh, blessed be your name. Yes. It's in Chronicles. You know, sometimes when a scripture drops to your mind, now you start looking for Chronicles. But we'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. We'll find it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In in uh, uh, in First Chronicles thirteen, this is very important. You know, when the when the day of the Lord dawns upon us and the seasons of God, Amen, is birth in the earth. We need to understand how God will have us move, how God will have us journey. All right, we're coming from somewhere. We're going somewhere. I made a statement yesterday. I said there are two seasons in our life. Of course, there are all kinds of dimensions, all right, to these two, you know, two, two, two realities. But there are two seasons in our life, all right, in the life of the church, you know, as, as a corporate, you know, uh, 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 entity on earth. And, of course, in our lives as individuals, there are just two seasons, all right? The seasons of God bringing us out of something and bringing us into something beyond the season of birth and dying, all right? Yes, the Bible says there's a season for all things. There's a time, amen, to be born. There's a time, amen, right, to die. There's a time to sow, amen. There's a time to reap. But there are two things God, era is doing in our life, in all of the whatever seasons we want to look at it, all right? God's, God is revealing his intention to us, all right? And he's bringing us out of it and he's bringing us into something else. So there's a season of God, amen, speaking to us about moving into something and there's a season of God calling us out of something. That's how the progression, amen, of spiritual thing is. We are growing, we are developing, we are coming into Christ. The Bible says until we come, amen, into the full reality, into the full, you know, you know, we, we look at that word the last time, it, it, Telios. We're coming to the Telios. The Telios other. All right. So we, we, we need to know how to grow. We need to know the kind of food to eat. We need to know the kind of diet. Amen. We must place ourselves on if we have eaten so fat and we have become so lazy that we can no longer walk. Amen. We need to we need to understand the strict diets of the spirit. We need to know what the spirit of God is saying and emphasizing so that we don't, you know, focus on the minor while the major is backing on us. I believe that the things that we are talking about, amen, are the major realities are the things that we need to correct we need to run back to all right this is the day of restoration god is restoring himself he's restoring amen his, his counsel he's restoring his purpose he's restoring his desire he's restoring his intention of course all of this will restore the church the church it will never be restored until God God is restored back to until we allow God to to restore himself back to his rightful place all right, we've lived life in a, in a, in a, in a season like a, you know like I've, I've like I've, I've said all right in the past three decades I like to limit it to the past three decades that we, we we've gone so we, we've gone so far from God to the point that we don't even remember that we we once had you know an experience that we, we once had a move of God that God used to live among his people that you know the power of God and the presence of God and the glory of God used to tabernacle with the people of God we have so we have so 
gone, you know, so so far gone from God that 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 mindset is not even there. That like I said yesterday, the feeling to even to to feel ashamed that wait a minute, I'm naked. It's not even there again. We we just carry on and we we continue and live life the way we want to live it. But sorry, it's not going to be like that because God has a man a time. God has a destiny with time. God has something He wants to do in our day. And the the, the earlier we wake up to that reality and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, we need to catch the bus. <laughs> we, the, the bus is leaving, we need to catch the train. The earlier we wake up to this reality, the better for us. Because listen to me, listen to me, friends. Let's not make the mistake. Let's not even begin to think that, well, 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 God will just allow us to carry on the way, or uh, we, you know, we know things, to just live life the way, no, 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 no. A day, a day is coming. A day of judgment has come, all right? And the day of judgment will continue to come until we align ourselves. I was listening to Hebrews, you know, uh, Hebrews 12 this morning and was talking about the, the chastisement of the Lord. He whom the Father loves, it chastise it chastise them this is a season where we need a, a chastening if we really want to align if we want to be trained and if we want to journey on with the lord if we want to come to the place of his good pleasure if we want him amen to return back to our nation uh, listen the, the government will not be able to fix this thing on ground <laughs> no 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 government has been able to fix anything. Amen. Yes. Mortal men have no power to address things that are buffeting men from a realm they do not understand. <laughs> Listen to this. If we fix the economy without fixing the heart and the life of the people, without aligning, amen, the people back to the standard of God, without the people seeing a divine order, a divine model on earth called the church. If we don't do that, listen, friends, we are still going to. This is not the first time that all of this shaking, amen, has, has happened on earth. Earth. All of the things that we're talking about today, we call it Corona. Back in those days, they call it something else. Only God knows what is going to happen in the future. The Spirit of the Lord will continue, Amen, to to rock amen, our life. They will continue to shake the tree as they shook Nebuchadnezzar, Amen. And the handwriting was found on the wall, Amen. You've been found wanting. You've been waiting the skill, and you've been found wanting. This day, the kingdom is taken from you. If we don't want to get to the point where they say the kingdom is taken from us. Friends, let's 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 not make the mistake that we are the only generation. You know, I, I, back in those days when I when 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 I, I was new in the apostolic in the early nineties, we they used to you know refer to this you know uh, make this statement: we are the ultimate generation, we are the final generation. And I used to get excited and run with that until I realized I said, wait a minute. <laughs> This sound, this sound good, but it cannot be. It cannot be. We cannot be the final generation because if we are the final generation, ah, then there is a pattern of life we have to model in the earth. If we are the final generation, then there is a dimension of maturity. Amen. Not only us should be seen, but the nations, the government. Amen. The Bible says in that day, the light of his glory, the light of his kingdom, amen, will be so bright that no one will be able, hallelujah, you know, to, 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 you know, to, to, to miss it. Are we the final generation? And it's from that that I began to realize that, hey, wait a minute, these apostolic people, we're preaching idealistic message. In fact, it was from there God gave me the term idealistic. I realized that there's so much, so much idealistic message we have received, so much make-believe message, amen, that our life cannot model, we cannot, we cannot reveal, we cannot show, we cannot manifest the things that we're talking about. 
It's like Jude call it, amen, cloud without rain. <laughs> cloud, that's what Jude call it. He said they are cloud without rain. You know, when you see a dark cloud, in, particularly in the noonday, you say, you will naturally say it's about to rain, right? You're getting ready for rain. Only for you to be disappointed. There's no rain. There's no rain. Clouds are day without rain. So, so, <laughs> what I'm about is, friends, we need to return to the heart, to where did we miss it? <laughs> Yes, it's a message to my generation. It's a message to the body of Christ. It's a message to you and to me. Like I said yesterday, it's a two-edged sword. As it cuts me, it's going to cut you. If this, if this message, if what is coming from the pulpit in this season in time is not cutting the people, if the people are not bleeding, then somebody is lying to the people. If you're not bleeding, if you're not bleeding this season, if you're not screaming, if you're not, Lord, if, if you're not weeping, if you're not crying, somebody's lying. Because listen to this. We're not gonna, things are not going to go back to normal. It's not going to be business as usual again. So we need to understand the high time you get used to amen, this, this harsh voice. Because it's going to take a rude awakening amen, to, 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 to keep a church Alive, amen, and, 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 and sound, amen, the trumpet, amen, that will cause them to march, amen, to the, you know, to the, to the battleground. There's a war before us, but we're not even ready because we're still fast asleep. If we're going to enter, the Bible says, through persecution, through suffering, we are going to enter the kingdom. If we're going to enter that kingdom, then we have to know, we have to be prepared. We have to be well kitted. We have to have the right attire. We have to have the right mindset. We have to understand that, hey, wait a minute. The days before us demands that we are full of love. But let me not... You know, jump ahead of myself. My, 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 myself. I, I want to show you a scripture. David was the one in the midst. You see, we, we're dealing with, we need a, a, a kind of, I was reading a book yesterday about, you know, leadership. And they're talking about CEOs. And, 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 and as I'm reading this and I'm just seeing the church, you know. Listen to this. We need, we need people, you know, that can fix, that can fix the mess. The world is in the mess. So is the church. So are we, every one of us, we're in a mess. But we, we can't fix ourselves, so we need somebody. Right? This is why you know, you know, some company, they go hire certain you know, people who, who, have a, who have a good track record. All right? They go hire them, they pay them, they pay them so much. When you hear certain people you know, earning you know, a million you know, in a month, you wonder, what are they doing? You better be sure they're doing something. And it's not by might, it's not by power. You better be sure that they're paying them not just for, you know, for, 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 their, for their academic you know, uh, knowledge, but they're paying them amen, for, their, for their experience and their ability to bring that which amen, is going to bankruptcy. Amen? They, they have the ability to bring that thing back to life. They, 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 they have the ability to turn something that everybody is discarding and say, no, 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 we, 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 we cannot do business with this company again. No, they are in has been so tarnished their, their image has been so tarnished the nation has been so tarnished and then they went to get this this man or this woman from god knows where and this woman comes under three months turn things around they go get a ceo you know that the, 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 this person is earning two million in a, in a month and you're wondering but we've been working in this place 
we, we're not earning such a money. In fact, we have the same qualification now. But you don't have the same pedigree. You don't have the same spiritual capacity. You don't have this. Yes, that's, that's why we, when we say apostolic, they're supposed to be the CEOs of the church. Going into the church and turning the mess around. And helping us to fix our life. That's why they paid that person such amount. Because they know what to do. They know, hallelujah, what to do. They know how to take a brand that people have rejected. They know how to bring that brand back to life. The apostolic is the CEO of the church. Are you getting what I'm talking about? If there's, if there's anything this nation needs right now, South Africa as a nation, <laughs> we need people who can rebrand this nation. And this rebranding is not just about marketing. Something has to be fixed. Something has to be removed. Something has to. You need to fire some people. Hallelujah. Come on. We need to, we need to do some firing and, and hiring. Maybe rehiring certain people that we have let go. The Bible says, you know, Belshazzar in his day, he had forgotten. He had forgotten Daniel. He had forgotten who Daniel was in the days of his father. So he was doing his own thing. Daniel had been forgotten. He was a man who was able to give the king the dream and his interpretation interpretation but it, he's been forgotten so his son Belshazzar took over and the Lord began again to judge you see God will always come and judge and nobody in the land could, could, could read the handwriting on the wall the queen said why are you why are you bothered there is a man in thy kingdom in the days of your father they discovered that the spirit of the gods are in him wisdom is in him Belshazzar said go fetch him these are the days where we need to go begin to look for the Daniels. This voice is to awaken something in your heart. This voice is to awaken something in your community. This voice is to awaken the spirit of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. This voice is to awaken the spirit of the Esther. They are the one that saves the day. They save the day. These are the days where we need, amen, the Deborahs. These are the days where we need the Gideons. They save the day. The church needs to be saved. So are the nations. So is you. So is me. There are no two kinds of them. There are no two kinds of Moses. There are no two kinds of David. There are no two kinds of Elijah. There are no two kinds of Paul. If we're going to see the a church, the ecclesia, awaken again to a position of glory. If we're going to see, once again, the nation look to the church in honor and in respect. Then we have to invest in this caliber of individuals. Where are the Daniels of Ati? Where are the Esthers? Where are the Deborahs? And don't be quick to say, I am here. You better, be, you better understand what it takes to be one of these. Let's not live our life in some idealistic message. <clears throat> Make believes. Fantasy. Fantasy gospel. You know a fantasy gospel? A fantasy gospel will tell you everything that sounds and looks right in the scripture. But will never <laughs> use his finger to lift it up. That's called Pharisee. We have, we have eaten so much of the Pharisee message that we are living in, <laughs> in the cloud. <laughs> We're living in the cloud. We build our castle in the air. 
It's a house of cards. It's all falling down. This thing has no stability. What we, what we build, what we're talking about has no foundation, has no footing, has no pillar. Samson says, show me, take, just put my hand on the pillar of the house. That's, just put me where the pillars are. As my strength increases, they didn't know what was going to happen. All he needed, Samson did not need to, you know, start pulling down walls. He said, just lead me to the pillars. Our pillars have been located and they've been found to be weak. Now you understand why the Lord is speaking in this light. It's important that you, that you understand the context of what we're talking about. A hunger, a fire must rise up in our hearts. You know, you know one of the things that drove Jesus to be able to finish his work, his assignment, beyond just the prophetic you know, you know, understanding he had, he has something else called zeal. He said, the zeal of my father's house has what? Consume me. So the zeal is like a fire. So the zeal of my father's house has consumed me until the zeal of God consume us. Listen, friends, it's all talk shop. It's all, you know, just storytelling. God never moves in the midst of telling stories. God moves when he finds a heart that is ready, that is passionate, that is burning. And listen to this. If you're going to burn, somebody will have to start the fire. No fire starts itself. It must be started by somebody. You need a match. And sometimes you need a little bit of air. Ah, here's a fire. Here's a fire. Here's a fire. Here's a fire. And when you begin with a fire, listen to me. You don't start putting big logs. No, no, no. You start with the little ones. The little ones. The little ones. You know? The little ones, the little one, the, the you know, the, 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 the you know, those, those, the li, li, yes, the little ones, the little splinters. You start with the little splinters, yes, and as the fire grows, then you start bringing the big ones. Don't start with those big, big apostolic thing. No, no, no. We've got to return back, return to the Lord. You've got to return back to your first love. You've got to want this thing more than life itself. You've got to desire this thing more than the breath you breathe. God loves those who chase him. If you think you're going to find the things of God, particularly in this season, on the surface. If you think this thing is just going to fall on your, on your laps. Oh my word, you are joking. It's not going to happen. No, they don't cast the pearl before the swine. We, 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 we have developed a swine mentality in the church. We've developed this, you know, a, a, a mindset of entitlement. <laughs> you know, be, be, because, because I have grace. Because Jesus did it all on the cross. Therefore, it's all mine. Yes, in one dimension. <laughs> but the scripture says you've got to take it. It's yours, but you've got to take it. <laughs> and there are protocols of taking. There are protocols. You cannot take, amen, with the same hand. 
You cannot take, amen, with this yo-yo Christianity. Today you're up, tomorrow you're down. Today you believe, tomorrow you don't know if you believe. No, no, it's not going to happen. You have to make up your mind. Whenever God wants to do a thing in a season, in a generation, he always raises a people, a prophet, amen, that will confront the people. Choose this day whom you, you want to serve. The, prophet, the prophetic voice is always bringing the people to the place of choice. And every day you have to find that choice. You have to find it. To keep amen, your eyes on what matters. To keep your mind on what matters. What matters to God in this new day. This is the 15, the 15th day, yes. Of the month of August. You've got to ask yourself, what matters to God this day in my life? What is it? about God in my life that I've lost. I, I, I need it back. We're looking about how we can understand, how we can walk into the reality, the revelation of love again. The act of love is different from the heart of love. When the, when the heart is right, the act will align, the act will coronate, the act will, 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 will complement, the act, hallelujah, will bring forth. The act of love are good, but we can act love without having the heart of love. And the church has lost, maybe I should say almost lost, a heart. Did you know that salvation is for the heart? Everything that God does begins from the heart. And that which has consumed the heart, like a cancer, will consume the life, will eat up, will fill up. You see, I told you yesterday, the church is like he's in ICU. Doing everything to resuscitate this thing. And our good message is not going to do that. You need to fill the heart again with love. <laughs> you see, the presence of God is found where the love of God is. You cannot, the Bible says, faith walketh by love. You can't even have hope if you don't love. If somebody promise you, I'm going to marry you. And the person, the person decide to, the person travel out of the country. It's been gone for six months. And that's okay. Six months is still okay. <laughs> but when the person is going for six years, ah, you know that you need to have love established on hope to wait for that person. Because a person who's gone for six, six, six months, I mean, six months is just, but, but six years, after six years, he's coming back. But she's coming back. So he can get married. Ah. <laughs> That's where love is tested. Oh God. That is where love is tested the most. Everything that you want to express in that love, amen, is bottled up in hope. Hope make it not a shame because the love of God is shed abroad in our. That is why we go through pain. Well, we know one day the joy that we will see, the joy of his appearance. Will be enough for all the pain we've been through. You see, 
A church that has lost faith has lost hope. A church that has lost hope has no love. So all we have is just, it's just carcass. It's just, it's just shell. It's empty barrel. <laughs> is that not what the Bible calling? It says you're like an empty barrel. You're, you're noise making. You're making noise. He who have no love is like an empty barrel. He's a noise maker. Hey, the church is full of noise. But you see, when, when, when a container, amen, when a bowl or a vessel contains something, you notice that the noise is, is reduced. You still hear, you see a bit of noise, but it's reduced. But when something is empty, all right, it makes the loudest noise. That's physics. The reason why we make so much noise, we need to, to show for it, is because we're empty. We're not empty of activity. <laughs> we're maybe sometimes we're not even empty of gifts. But we're empty of him. We're empty of David understood this thing. He understood. He said, hey, don't make the mistake that I killed a giant. All right? Don't make the mistake that because I fought, you know, I killed Goliath. And because I did X, Y, Z. And because, I, you know, I've got gift. David was a gifted man. No one is as gifted as David. It was a psalmist. It was a hot player. It was a warrior. A fighter. This guy's fought. I mean, David will be the image of, you know, every every woman's, you know, ideal man. He's, he's got it all. He, the resume of David is enough for all the girls in town to chase him. I mean, he's got it all. He's a warrior. This guy is not just fighting, you know, on the battle. I mean, this guy fight beasts. <laughs> his brother wouldn't even believe him that you kill a you kill you kill a lion <laughs> come on tell us another story you're a storyteller but you in that your in that your forest where you you've been you know you know leading the ship you've been having some imagination yeah huh, david that's when when he came when he came to the you know to the, you know to the battlefield his brother said what are you doing here you're not fit for this kind of a place you're not fit for this. This kind of a place is not meant for somebody like you. Look at you. You're just a handsome looking small boy. You know, na naive, ignorant. You know, this is, this is a place for warriors. <laughs> but they don't understand. They don't understand. They don't understand. You see, when you don't know my story, when you, don't, when you have not understood my experience, you can easily judge me. But God knows that he's ready. He's going to save the day. Have you noticed that people that God uses to, to bring a change, in most cases, in the natural, people will fight them. People challenge them. Because they don't fit into what is defined as qualified. Didn't, the, didn't God say, Amen, I choose the, the lonely things, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise? I realized this morning as I was just thinking, and the Lord said, you are a voice to my church. Don't stop speaking, my son. Okay, Father, I will. As long as you tell me, I will speak. You're a voice to my church. Awaken my church. You cannot awaken the church if you're sleeping yourself. 
So you've got to understand, it's a two-edged sword. When God ever call you and give you a message, that me message first must kill you before it brings life to others. David conferred with each of his officers, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds. He then sent, <clears throat> he then sent a whole assembly of Israel. If it seemed good in your eyes, if it seemed good to you, let us send words far and wide and the rest, to, the rest of our brothers throughout the territories of Israel and also to the priests and the Levites who are with them in their town and pasture land. Hmm. To come and join us. Let us bring back the ark of God. Let us bring back the ark of God. Let's bring it back. For we did not inquire of it during the reign of Saul. This thing is not about the wood. <laughs> David is not talking about bringing back a wood. He's not talking about bringing back a, a, a furniture. He's not just talking about bringing back a symbol. He said we need to bring God back into our lives. David understood that for him to be able to carry out, to, to effectively fulfill, to function in, in his assignment as a leader, of his business, as a leader in his home, as a leader in his, in his community, as a leader, as a church. Hallelujah. You know, David understood that for him to be able to effectively carry out his, his position, his assignment, amen, as a mother in Israel. You say, oh, David, yes, David is a dimension. He's no longer, amen, an entity. We're talking about the heart of David. We're talking about the heart of David, which is not uh, uh, something limited to some masculinity. No, 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 no. Hearts don't have spirits. Hearts don't have gender, rather. You see, it's just like talking about Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jesus is a man, but his life, amen, his nature infuses to both male and female. That's how the things of the spirit is. So when we're talking about David, don't just think about, oh, we're talking about a man. No, no. We're talking about a dimension. We're talking about a position. We're talking about a condition of heart. A position of lifestyle. Which has no gender. Spirits have no gender. When God reveals himself, he reveals himself as a leader. As a father. That's why we can relate to God, amen, as a man. But his, his expression is not limited to men. David said, come. He confided with his men. Come. He, his commanders, these are warriors. Have you, have you read about the mighty men of David? <laughs> you don't want to mess with those guys. <laughs> but David is, show, David is showing them something. If you think you're going to fix South Africa by all these people, by all this thing you're doing, by the Zondo Commission and all this commission and that commission, if you think you're ever going to fix this nation, you lie. You need a David on the throne who will say, come guys, let's go bring back God. 
I can assure you, bring back God to this nation in the next six months, the economy of this nation will, will be transformed. The economy of Africa will be reformed when we bring God back. Not something looking like God, not something sounding like God, not the replica of God, not another image we bring and we say it's God. No, no, no. The Bible says the man, the man of sin, amen, has sat in, in the temple of God, demanding worship from the people of God and people are bowing. Why? Because we have not, we have not taught the people, hallelujah, how to identify, how to decipher the true image of God. That's our problem. We have exchanged the fake for the real. We've thrown away the reality and we brought in the lie. So we go about screaming here and there. We're forever involving ourselves in religious ceremony. Church here, church there, church all over the place. Hey, but the church, alas, is void of his presence. We need a renaissance. A renaissance of love. We need a renaissance of love. You see, love is not that emotion thing that you think about, but it's got emotion because love is a person. If it's a person, the person has an emotion. The person has a man, a psyche, can think, has an intelligence, yes. So as a culture, has an identity. But it's love. It's God, but he say, I'm love. God is love. For God so loved the world. The reason why they define him as love is because of his heart, his compassion. You've got to understand that when you say God is love, you've got to begin to think about the attribute, amen, of love. When they say God is judgment, you've got to begin to think of the attribute of judgment. When they say God is God is God 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 is God is just is just you gotta think of the, the attribute of justice. <laughs> you understand this, friends? Every name they give to God expresses something that must become what we are chasing after. What we're this day we are talking about God as love, nothing else, nothing else. Love must become a revelation again to you. Because that is where you begin to live again. Nobody lives without love. Love is what keeps us alive. And when the enemy, amen, lie to you or can puncture that love or can distort that love, you doom, you finish. You say to people, love themselves, live in a big mansion, live, they got everything. And that love gets to be stained. And you see their wall just crumble. They, 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 the, the big house and the, and the big whatever they have suddenly no longer appeals to them. Go your way, I go my way. Everything is plunging to darkness. Without love is darkness. Think about it. You're, you're walking, you're searching, you're doing everything. At the end of the day, you want somebody to love you, isn't it? Yes. Because, because without, without love, life is, is milliness. Life is almost like useless. <laughs> God didn't just breathe his life in you. Everything that he defines, that defines him, was breathed into you. So when God says, man, leave, he infused his love there. 
as they infuse, amen, his power. You see, Adam was not just one who had the ability, amen, to name things. Adam had the passion and the, and the desire. The Bible says God would come down at the cool of the day. What were they doing? It was an expression of love. This idea that when we talk about love in the church, that we see it as, as, a weak, as a weakling thing, as, well, yeah, yeah, it's a secondary thing, or we assume that we have it. No, 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 no. To have love is to have the presence of God. To have the presence of God is to walk in love. Faith walketh by love. Love is the motivation. Love is what brought me here. Love is what keeps me here. Love is what, who knows, will take me to somewhere else. I want to die in love. I want to die in God. I want to die without regretting how my life had been lived. You see, you can, you can have everything in this world, but if you don't have love, you're still the poorest person on earth. There's nothing. There's, you see, a nation is so rich, yet so poor. When you look at South Africa, South Africa is one of the poorest nations on earth. On the index of love. When you look at the crime rate of this nation, you know what we're dealing with. When you look at how perverted the South African church is, you will see what we're dealing with. Yes. That's how we get to know truth. Oh, you don't want to hear this? This is the truth. When you want to know how a home is prospering, Look at the index of love in that home. It's not what the house is able to buy. <laughs> they said, you rather live in a hut. You rather live in a one-bedroom apartment where there is love than to live in a mansion where there is no, where there is no love. You know what I'm talking about. Whenever the presence of God is in your life, have you seen how you fall in love with him. Whenever you, you feel the presence of God. I, did you? Come on, come on. I wish you can talk back to me. You know how you, you know how you feel. You know how? Yes. You cannot separate the things of the spirit. Where the presence of God is, love is there. Where the presence of God is not there, you won't, you won't find love there. Because the presence of God is not outside of his person. You know, the way we define the presence of God in the church is crazy. You know, it's like something comes there. <laughs> it's like something comes there. You know, a mist comes there. A cloud comes there. A wind comes there. And that's the presence of God. No, wherever you find the presence of God, his person is there. Oh, come on. David is now saying, let's just bring, let's, let's go get, let's, let's go get some furniture and bring it, you know, or let's bring back, let's, let's bring back the ark of God. No, he's saying, he, he understand, amen, 
the implication of bringing back the presence of God, you have to live in accordance because that presence tells you, amen, how to live life, how to, how to, how to interact, how to, how, how to, how to define the policies of your nation, of your land, of your life, amen. The protocols of that presence defines a certain degree of morality, amen, and, and consistency of truth. So it's not about bringing the presence. It's not about the worship. It's not about the, the singing and all of that. Bringing the presence is bringing the order, the government of God. To bring his presence is to bring his government into your life. Your life is no longer your own. You can no longer live life the way you want to live it. When he comes, his presence comes, his government comes. How many times we talk about, <laughs> let me not even start. Before somebody starts stoning me from <laughs> where I am here. We cannot talk about the presence of God. And we worshiping God. And everything that defines, that expresses the instrumentation of that bringing his presence negates his values. Let me say what I want to say. I remember I used to listen to, you know, this uh, joyous celebration. I used to love their music back in those days. And, and one of these concerts they were having, they were talking about pra praising God and all of that. And I'm looking at what, what these ladies are wearing. And I'm saying, how, how can we be worshiping God? And all of, half of your, your body, your boobs are all over the place. People are hello, which God are we inviting? I said, no, no, this cannot be. I don't care what you're saying. If what you're wearing does not complement what you're saying, something is wrong with the pattern, with the order. Somebody lied to you about the priesthood of bringing the presence of God. That's why it's just about entertainment. It's a showbiz. Yes, joy celebration. You see, it's all about... Grammy Award, because if, you, if, if you're pursuing, when a choir is seeking, when a Christian group you know, are seeking to just, you know, capture the attention of the world, because they want a Grammy Award, you, or you want whatever award, all right, and if it's all about, once you set your heart on award, in the things of the Spirit, you've been captured. That's why all of those groups that are talking about, you know, uh, they have their own uh, Christian idol, you know, you know, the idol thing they do. You've corrupted the hearts, the innocency of those young children. You've perverted their gift just because you want some people to, to, you know, to gather in a place and applaud them. And then you give them some award that the world standard set. And you think that the song they're singing will bring honor to God somebody lied I'm not saying anything outside the Bible I'm only helping us to look at the standard again because if we are going to bring back love if we're going to bring back God his presence if we're going to walk in faith if we're going to walk he said this three shall abide yes 
these three shall abide. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of them is love. If we are going to walk, these things are what will lead you in the days ahead. That's why I'm trying to, you know, accustom you again in case you have forgotten. I'm trying to remind you what the nature and the character of this three order. Call it prophetic. Call it apostolic. Call it entering the future. Call it, amen, advancing into the next frontier. Whatever name you want to give to this thing that we're coming into. If these three things are not motivating you, I'm telling you, the Bible says, because of the wickedness that will increase, the love of many will what? Wax cold. This is scripture. We read it. Read it. Read it. Matthew. Matthew 24, 12. Yes. It said, because of the multiplication of wickedness. If you ever think wickedness is going to reduce, somebody lied to you. <laughs> wickedness is going to increase. Perversion. People are going to disappoint you. Yes. All kinds of ungodly things. Amen. But you have to. You, you have to listen to what Isaiah said. You have to be ready and be prepared. Where iniquity increases, grace must increase. Grace means the ability, the capacity to, to superimpose the light of God in the midst of darkness. So if you ever think darkness is going to increase or you know, move away for you. <laughs> because you're coming no no it's not going to happen darkness will continue the powers of evil will continue amen and all of that is to quench your fire of love so if if you get to understand that that is what is coming what do you do you increase you increase the flame you increase because it's a battle it's a battle of two kingdoms it's a battle of two order it's a battle of two 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 ideologies two culture you have to increase your love they say increase our faith And I'm showing you in the scripture, people who showed us how to be passionate. Mary Magdalene showed us how to be passionate, how to love. If you want to love, you've got to wake up in the morning. Early in the morning, she woke up and ran to the tomb. In the poetic writings, of the songs of Solomon, the songs of song, or the songs of love. And the Bible talk about the Shunammite woman and a lover. A lover came in, a, in an awkward time that she wasn't expecting. She's been waiting, but the, but, the, but the lover could not come at the time she was waiting. So she, she went to bed, she went to sleep. And the lover finally came and stood at the door, knock, knock, was knocking. But the scripture said this woman was too tired. She couldn't get up. By the time she finally got up. By the time she finally got up. The lover had gone. Sleep on. She opened the door. He was gone. And she was all over the place. Searching and trying to find this lover in the night. The scripture says she was beaten. She was relayed on the road. Love is awakening us. They say don't awaken love when you're not ready. But love is awakening us. We're ready. We're ready Lord. I'm ready. This one's Lord following me. I know they're ready. We awaken. We steer the water of love. It's a, it's a dangerous thing to steer the water of love when you're not ready to drink. But we're ready, Father. Are you getting this, friends? It is love that keeps us awake. Uh, 
And I woke up in the morning, my eyes woke up. The first thing I said, the first thing that came out of my mouth was, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I don't even know why I was thanking him, but I'm just saying thank you. I guess he understand. You see? We must stop lusting after the things of God. There's a generation in the body of Christ today. They're craving for his revelation. But they're not ready to marry that which has been revealed. They just want the revelation for having his sake. It's, it's a spirit of Nimrod. <laughs> Nimrod is known amen, as a hunter. You know, a hunter is one who, who, not, who doesn't just kill, you know, for, for, for food. He kills for, for game. It's a game. They kill to show that they're powerful. You see how these, some of these white people will come from God knows where. They come to South Africa. They come to, you know, they come to safari. Some of them, they take them to hunt wild animals. Wild animals. Some of them will go hunt for lions. And they pay a lot of money for that. That's the spirit of Nimrod. You, you, you prove you are, you're strong. They come with deadly weapons. Some are so crazy. They, don't, they do it the old-fashioned way. They come with bow and arrows. Is it, you just want to conquer. Is that spirit that wants to conquer things? That's not, what, that's, not, that's not what the scripture calls dominate the nations. You see? When God says dominate, it didn't say you must you must go abuse his authority and uh, because when you hear people say we're taking over the world, we're gonna conquer the world. Have, have you, have you, I'm sure I'm sure you've heard those people talk about you know dominion, the dominion theology. We're gonna take over. With. <laughs> you cannot take over the world if you don't if you're not filled with, <laughs> with the love of God. It is the love of God that will compel people to submit to you. The Bible says they will come and submit. If you dominate people because you've got power, even with your gospel, if you go there and dominate them, you receive Jesus or you go to hell. You God is not going to answer such prayer. Because, listen, you don't force people into the kingdom of God. You must show them the way into it. They must make their own choice. Yes, certain people, the Bible says, we compel them, you draw them by fire. That's, their, that's a different context. But if you're going to win the world to Christ, your life must speak volumes. You must become the living epistle. One of the first things we read about the epistle is that God is love. Are you getting this? You can't preach to people out of hate. See, that was what happened to, 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 to Jonah. They sent him to go preach to the Ninevites. But his, his, his motive was totally wrong. Some people, when they talk about the gospel, the gospel of the kingdom, no, it's to populate their church. It's not to populate the kingdom. So we say, how do you survive without a church? I don't run a church, but I'm leading the church. And I guess the Lord allowed me to pastor a church so that somebody will not use that against me. In the future, they say, ah, the reason why he's talking like that is because he's never pastored before. He doesn't know what it means to be a pastor. Well, I pastored for almost 22 years. <laughs> 
See, God knows how to do things. A pastor, a pastor from, from I didn't start a branch. I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, I wasn't an extension of another somebody's branch. No, I started from the scratch, picking people from gutter, you know, bringing people from different. Yes, those who, um, there are people who I pastor, some of them, you know, watch me this day so they know they can, if I'm lying, they can bear me witness. Some of them were still in primary school, secondary school. When I began to pastor them, many of them finished university. Today they are married, they, are, they have children. Some of them have become pastors. Some of them have even have become apostles in their own right. <laughs> you understand this? So I know what I'm talking about. We don't demand honor from people. We earn it. Those who have given me honor is because I've earned it. And I want to do everything to maintain it. And I appreciate them. But if we are going to do something about the state of the church, like, like, the, the, like the Lord spoke to us yesterday, release the prophets to speak. Don't hold them back. Don't threaten them. If you continue on this path, we are not going to support you again. We're not going to do X, Y, Z. Oh, well, you better keep whatever you're doing. But hey, this prophet must speak. It is what a prophet does. <laughs> a doctor fixes people when they're sick. A prophet speaks the heart and the mind of God, good or bad. You either like it, amen, or you accept it. But it's the word of the Lord. The church is sick. Needs a doctor. The church is indebted. Need some financial amen, advice. The church is lost. Need someone to redirect her. The church is full of hate. We need an infusion of love. And we need to search scripture. Searching is just the beginning point. At least you begin to find, okay, there are patterns. There is nothing that is happening to us that there are no patterns. In the word, Mary Magdalene has become a pattern for us. The context again was after resurrection. They were put to test. They failed. He told them, Peter, James, John, amen, where that Peter was on the Mount of Transfiguration. Listen, Mary Magdalene was not there. Oh, come on. Mary Magdalene was not among. She didn't even fall among the twelve. <laughs> Are you getting this? She was not among the, four, uh, the twelve, but she was one among them that loved the Lord. It's not about the title. Now you understand what I'm saying. It's not that you can be called a bishop, a pastor, a pope, or God, whatever you want to call. If your heart is not pulsating, if your heart is not pursuing, if you're, if you're not chasing, David likened his chase of God to, you know, a deer in thirst. As the deer thirst pants after the word, so my soul 
runs and yearns after you. That's David. David showed us a pattern. It's the same pattern he's showing us here. Let us. So he's not just going to do it alone. He said, no. I, this man knows how to use his position of influence. By the way, this evening I'm going to be... Uh, um, um, on Zoom with um, Apostle Godfrey, they, they've got this platform, all right, that they invite leaders to speak, all right. So, by the grace of God, I've been invited. And hopefully, God will speak to us, God will tell us something, whatever He wants to say. I'm just going to carry myself there and let God do what He needs to do. So, if you're opportune this evening, I guess it's for seven o'clock, please uh, join. You know, so if you if you're gonna join, uh, I'm not sure if I should share the link on my uh, timeline. I'm not sure if it's a public thing, but if you want to join, I can share the link with you. I'm sure I can do that. I'm sure you can join the link. Seven o'clock. So let's hear what it, what God will say. Maybe God is gonna continue from what we're talking about. I don't know, but let's just be there. All right, seven o'clock. Friends, I love you so much. So much, you will not believe it. And I want you to know that He loves you. But that love must be real to you. Because His love is the definer of every other thing. The love of God is the definer of every other thing in our life. Both now and in eternity. The only thing you're going to carry to the next life is his love. Think about it. Has that ever occurred to you? The only thing that will secure your place in eternity is the love you have for him. You know, this thing that I'm talking about, like I said, it's not a new message. But it's not an adulterated message. There is a message of love. There's a particular, you know, session in the body of Christ that preach love, love, love. But the heart of this love they're talking about has an agenda. I know. To the point that they've preached this love, that the love has become a cage. The true love of God is freedom. There's a particular church, I'm not going to mention their name. They preach love, 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 to the point that if you're an outsider and you want to marry a person in that church, you're not, you're not allowed in the name of love. You see, that love has become what? An instrument for cultism. You've got to understand. I understand this thing that I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about some, some thing that, you know, you, you bow to, you, you submit to. When the love of God is infused in your life, <laughs> it doesn't just set you free. It causes you to free other people. Love does not attach itself.
<laughs> oh, come on, friends. There's still so much for us to learn in this day of the teleos. Before we come to teleos, he says, it says, it says, let perseverance perfect his work. What are you persevering to us? That's something we learned from Mary Magdalene. She persevered. The Bible says when Peter entered, you know, the tomb, examined, you know, the, 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 the cloth, the linen cloth that Jesus was wrapped with, you know, that his head was wrapped, he examined it. Okay, something happened here. We don't know really what happened. Maybe he's resurrected, but where? Where has he gone to? The Bible says, and they went to their houses. Mary Magdalene, that's still John, John, John. Did, did, you, did you read John 20? Have you read it? I'm sure you did, but if you have not, you should go back and read the entire John 20. It's important. It's a now message. As a present truth, present revelation to us. Mary Magdalene has become <laughs> last week. I was I, I never knew that Mary Magdalene was come was was gonna be amen, a, a voice to this new day. But Mary Magdalene has become a voice to me. Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, not even Mary, the mother of Jesus. Ah, this woman, Lord, forgive me. This woman showed me how to love him. I'll tell you this. Years ago, as a pastor, I used to read about these things. I used to really press into, just want to know the love of God. And all the scriptures used to come to my spirit. You know, I told you some time ago, the things of the spirit are in cycles. It's like I'm coming to a full cycle of a season. But this cycle is so important that it's helping us to navigate this new day. This cycle is bringing us to how to undress and redress ourselves in the light of this, what you call post-corona. I thank God for corona as much as many lives have been lost. All things work together for good. This corona has given some of us the voice to address certain things that we've been speaking about before, but the church could not just relate and relate to what we're talking about. But at least now we have context. You see, Joseph was sent ahead of his brethren. Joseph was what? He was sent ahead of his brethren. Imagine what Joseph went through. It was difficult for anyone to comprehend what God was doing in the life of this, this, this Jewish, Jewish slave who was going to become a prime minister. You see, when God wants to do something, he sends his own. It's the prophetic. Remember, we shared about that. It's the prophetic. The prophetic is always going ahead. They sent him ahead to prepare a place for those coming. Those who sold him to, <laughs> the ones who sold him to, you know, to slavery. The word of God is always going ahead. If you, listen to this. If you want to know where you are, what God is doing in your life, what did God say to you years back that sent you ahead? 
subtract those words, you will find correlation to the things God is doing right now in your life. Mary Magdalene has become a pattern for us. She refused to give up. She refused to turn away. She engaged the day. She engaged the circumstance. She engaged the system. She engaged the tomb. No. I'm not going to take this. I'm not going back to my house. <laughs> After she ran to tell, you know, Peter and the other disciple, hey, the tomb has been rolled away. The stone has been rolled away. They came, they examined, they left. But Mary said, no, no, I'm not leaving. There's something here God needs to show me. I need to touch something. I need to connect. You see, the Bible says those who do hunger and thirst after righteousness will be those who do you see to thirst after righteousness is an act you've got to do it those who do hunger you do hunger must be done <laughs> lord you've got a great sense of humor hunger must be done you you do hunger all right you you don't just get hungry in your brain and you're like okay 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 have you seen people hungry People who are really hungry. Thank you, Father. People who are really hungry, they lose their sense of dignity. You cannot be hungry and you're keeping this sense of, you know, importance don't you know who I am I'm hungry for God but don't just don't, don't talk to me that way oh, no, no, no. <laughs> have you seen people who are hungry in fact we don't like to talk to them we don't want to talk to them because their act to us cannot be bared you, you, you think everyone who who goes to the dustbin as scavengers looking for food? You think all of those guys have lost their mind? No, they're hungry. It's hunger. I'll tell you this. As a young, young teenager growing up in a difficult situation, difficult for me in that season in my, of my life. In fact, growing up it's a difficult period. I mean, my growing up is, is it, it, I can write a whole book on that. I remember I was walking. I was walking. I'm not sure if I was going to school or coming back from school. No, no. I was in, I was in my school uniform, so it wasn't school. I think I was going to church or coming back from church. And I've been walking for about two hours. I need another hour to be able to get to where my brother was living because my uncle kicked me out of his house. So I had this window of opportunity to live with my brother, my, my, my biological brother, who also kicked me out. <laughs> you know? And, and not to blame him. That's another story. But he kicked me out. That's just the truth. So I could remember walking. I was hungry. I was, friends, I was hungry. And I remember there was this place. I saw them. They were, I will never forget they were having a party. 
one of these rich people. You know, in my country, the way when the, when they're having party, you know, it, it's loud, it's noisy, everything is rowdy. <laughs> I just sneak in and sat down, you know, at the back. Because I saw that they were serving food. I was hungry. And the lady serving looked at me. Of course, knew that I'm not, I'm not an invited guest. But she had mercy on me. And I, and I had some nice good meal. I can't remember when last I ate that kind of meal. And I ate the meal. And I got up. And I continued my journey. And I could remember walking. And I was full of tears. I was crying. But I needed the food to survive. To continue my journey. That is doing hunger. See, when you hunger for God, you will lose your sense of dignity. You will lose your sense of dignity. And I guess those are the things that brought me to have this passion and love for God to the point that sometimes my family don't understand it. You know, when you refuse, you, want, you don't want to do something. You're like, so what's going on? Why wouldn't you want to do that? No. All things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Not all things are expedient to me. I don't live in, in, in the realm of is right or wrong. No, there's a realm beyond right or wrong. Right or wrong is for unbelievers. We live beyond right or wrong. There is a realm called, is it expedient? Expedient, not lawful. When you live, if you want to grow in the things of the spirit, you cannot live in the realm of right or wrong. You live in the realm of, is it expedient? Expedient. Is it what pleases the heart of the Father? Is it? It's the realm of the prophetic. That's the realm Mary Magdalene. She bypassed the leadership. The, she should have followed the leader back home, isn't it? She was the one that went to tell the leader, Peter, <laughs> the stone has been rolled away, but something is not gelling. It, it, it seems he's not here. The Bible says they ran to the tomb. Mary Magdalene went to tell them. They all came back together. Even though one had a zeal at run Peter, but they had to follow protocol. Peter was the one that entered the tomb. Examine. Alright. It's not there. Maybe he's resurrected. He's gone. The Bible said they went back to their home. I would have assumed. You know. As a good follower. Isn't it? Remember. Mary Magdalene went to tell them. I would have assumed Mary. Alright. To follow them back. No, 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 the passion of your leader should trigger your passion to go 10 times better, 10 times faster, amen, 10 times more than your leader. If you want to do the work of God, you cannot remain in the passion of your leader. You've got to outdo his passion. I did not say subordinate his position. I did not say challenge his position. But I said, just like Joshua did, when Moses left, the Bible says, and Joshua will remain. I thought Joshua was his, you know, uh, armor bearer. I thought Joshua was supposed to be following him. No, no, no. The Bible says, Joshua, rem remain. 
if your hunger for God does not supersede my hunger, then you're not ready to go to a place you've never been before. Whatever somebody has done that you can see becomes, becomes, becomes the footing, becomes not the benchmark, becomes the platform that should catapult you, that should lift you to the next realm. I am challenging you to do far better than me in the things of the spirit. I want to be able to listen to you and I need you to be able to mesmerize me. So, whoa. And I found God some of you and I listened to some of you, you know, and we're chatting and like, wow, wow. Oh, Lord, that's, that's a, yes, but it has to, if you're going to change the narrative, if, you see, we don't want to blend in no, no, we're not seeking to blend in. We're not seeking to be accepted. No, we're setting the standard. We want to do a day where people say, come, let's go up. You see, when they go up, there's somebody there that's going to be teaching them. You see. In the day when men are streaming up to the heel of the Lord, you have to be there. They must be looking up to you. That's why this thing must sink. It must become a pattern. A way of life. You must always check the temperature. You must always check the measuring order of your love. The temperature of your love. You must always check it. Check it. You know, it's amazing. These days, you walk almost everywhere. The first thing they do is they, ch they, 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 they check the temperature of your body. <laughs> I mean, that itself is prophetic. Don't you think so? I do you enter anywhere today. If you want to get by something, they must check your temperature. If that thing goes beyond certain level, you, you, you will not be allowed in. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. My bread is just going wild to another dimension, but that's, that's fine. In verse 4 of uh, um, Chronicles, First Chronicles 13, we're reading there. Verse 4 says, the whole assembly agreed to do this because it seemed right to all the people. So David assembled all the Israelites from Shehor River in Egypt to, to, to Labor, Hamath, to bring the ark of God from Kiram Jirim. David and all the Israelites went with him, uh, went with, um, with all the Israelites with him, went to Bala of Judah. To bring up the ark of God, the Lord, who is enthroned between the cherubim. The ark is called by his name. Oh, Jesus. We want to bring, we want to bring the love of God back to the church. Do you know how many people that have left the church? Hmm. 
You know, it's a dangerous thing to be counting the number of the people that are present. When in fact we should be counting the number of those that have left. May the Lord have mercy on us. May God have mercy on his church. May we see this day as an opportunity to correct, to redress, to restore, maybe to reform. I don't think we're in a day of reformation. I think we're in a day of restoration. Oh, Jesus. I don't think we're in a day of reformation. I think we're in a day of restoration. But here's the key. It's not the day of the restoration of the church. It's the day of the restoration of God back to his church. He must take his place on the throne of our lives, of our hearts, and of our activity. Whatever we're doing, he must be enthroned. Did you see the scripture I read? Yes. God is the one who sits amidst the cherubim. <laughs> so you understand why David needs God to be brought back. <laughs> he's not looking for the ark. He's looking for the God who sits amidst the throne where the cherubim meets. The God whose name is God. That's what David's talking about. That is what makes the difference. I've seen so many churches here in South Africa that they've got the ark of God as, as a symbol of his presence. You better kick that thing, that idol, out of the house of God. That's an idol. That's an image of the beast. You said, what? Yes. Any, anything we, we carve out in the name of God is an image. Thou shalt not carve any image, including the ark. The ark of God must sit in the heart of man. It's not something a man can carve out, even as a symbol. Every dimension of the ark must become an ascended revelation that defines the position of God in our lives. And within the order of what we do, like I said, it's the government of God. It's amazing how far we have gone. That's why I said, we're now elevating the alternative as the real thing. Men have carved all kinds of image in our hearts and they say it's God. No wonder God doesn't turn up. <laughs> no wonder he doesn't turn up in our meetings. 
because there are all kinds of things, all kinds of materials, all kinds of you know vessels that we've used to replace it. It's like it's like somebody trying to. I, I, I could remember years ago I read about this church. It was in Brazil. They actually built a prototype of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses. They actually built it. If I'm not mistaken, I think the church is even in, in South Africa here. I've forgotten the name they call that church. Very used to be very popular. I think they call them Universal Church, if I'm not mistaken. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think I think it's the Universal Church. They, they, I mean, this church is so wealthy. They built the replica of the... Do you think that will actually bring God into that, into that congregation? Not in a million years. Oh, may the Lord awaken us. Love is a hard thing. So is the presence of God. Whenever you draw close to him, he draws close to you. He has not left where you left him. He has always been there. He has not left where you left him. He has always been there. If you return back there, you'll find him there. <laughs> Holy Spirit. We need an awakening. But this awakening will take more than just the things we do. Because we are so fast asleep. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we bless you this day. We hear your heart. We hear your mind. Awaken your love again in our hearts. Mary Magdalene, David, and the others, they're speaking to us. May this word not just be something that comes through one ears and goes out through, your, through the other. Keep us, engage us continually in this truth. Touch the heart of my brothers as you touch my heart. Touch the hearts of my sisters as you touch my heart. Help us to know that all that we do and all that we will ever become will be because of your love. But your love is not just something that flows out of you. Your love is who you are. Help us to understand this. Awaken this truth in our hearts. Life or death, help us to know that we live in love. They said the sons have got into the place of birth and they've brought forth wind. There's so much ceremony, activity, so much doings without the life, without the spirit. 
that causes a reaction in the life of people to change and to turn to you. This is why we're looking into all of this and this is why you're speaking to us. We want to be awakened. We want to be alive. We want to maintain our focus on what matters to you, Father. This is our prayer this day, oh God. So Holy Spirit, once again, steer our heart. May we stop looking at what has become obsolete. May we begin to hear and see what your spirit is doing in this season, oh God. May we be awakened to the sound of this new day, oh God. May your kingdom come. May your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. Thank you, Father, for this day. Lord, once again, I thank you for the opportunity that is being granted to, to me, O oh God, and the company of men and women you surrounded us with, O oh God, to share for the life, even on, on other platforms like the New Dawn platforms, O oh God. And Lord, to, tonight as we share your heart, your mind, May the word resonate in the heart of the people, but we pray that you will prepare the heart of the people, that they will not just come to want to be entertained, to want to hear another prophet speak. We're so used to hearing prophets, apostles, pastors, teachers preach. No, Lord, I'm not here to entertain one. If there's anyone coming to be entertained, well, surprise them. But draw them, O oh God. May your word change us. May it change them as your word changes me, O oh God. May we reflect your desire. Give us an ear and ears that the seed of this word, O oh God, that will fall on the ground, ah, will spark a fire that will cause a revolution of truth once again in your church. Thank you, Father. Amen. Oh, thank you so much, friends, brothers and sisters, for joining this platform again, for joining us, for connecting, for listening. And those who are out there, of course, watching, that um, I don't know, I, I've, I've never met, I've, I've not seen, of course, some of you have not even met you, but it's like I've known you all my life. But I pray that God will crown your effort. Remember, the journey of a lifetime begins with a step. The things of the Spirit is step by step. Don't seek to run when your feet are is not firm on the ground to walk. Just take it step by step. A day at a time. A day at a time. Now faith is when you walk in the reality of what God is doing today. 
it will naturally lead you into his tomorrow. Let this be wisdom speaking to you. So thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, uh, my dear brother Bakiso. Thank you, Sister uh, uh, Kumisa, Sister Tina, Sister uh, um, Dioni, and of course, Brother, brother, um, brother Derek. Thank you so much. I see these uh, five faces before me. All right. I'm still trying to wonder what's going on with, you know, uh, uh, um, Facebook. Why is it that I can't see more than certain, you know, face? Maybe they just kind of look at the key people that follows you and that's all they show. But we'll see how that works. But appreciate everyone this morning. I know there are other people uh, that joined us. I saw uh, Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor John. Is it Pastor John? Yes, I saw, I saw one or two other people. Thank you, everyone, uh, for for joining us. May God bless you. May God continue to cause his good face to shine upon you. Hopefully, I'll see you this evening again on the platform. Amen of the new dawn. Uh, yeah. God bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Please don't forget to say a word of prayer for me. Just pray for me this evening. May God touch my lips. May I speak. May I not speak based on what I think the people need to hear. May he just lead me and do what he needs to do. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.